as always, it's so good to be with you. And how are we doing, church? Good, all right? I like that. Ooh, that sounds good. Great attitude. And uh, what a wonderful privilege. We've got some of our soccer team over here. They look like we're so glad to have you today. Thanks for coming. I bet you're good players, aren't you? Yeah. And then over here, the choir. It really impresses me that two of you were cantors, the other masses, and that you're here again. You, you really, that's impressive. That, that truly is. Um, it's been a great week. I always enjoy our time together celebrating the Holy Mass. And something else this week. I uh, got my first monarch caterpillar out of the garden. So, I, man, I'm looking forward to getting home and uh, taking care of that caterpillar. So, and they, they say that where there's one, there's more. So, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Well, today's gospel reading is what you would call jam-packed. It's just full of meaning, and there's so many directions you could take, but I want us to take the one that, uh, that really ties in well with, with Amos, the prophet, what Amos had to say. And it's this, it's dealing with this. How do we overcome indifference towards other people? That's the question. That's what Jesus is dealing with today. Now, if you look at the gospel reading, you see two main characters. One is the rich man, he's called, and then the other one is Lazarus. Don't you find it interesting? I, I think it's very interesting. We don't know the name of the rich man. You know, he's just sort of a nameless face, so to speak, because he didn't really do anything that great. But there's Lazarus, you know. Lazarus's name was mentioned. And uh, that really says something about how elevated that Jesus saw Lazarus. Well, the rich man, you know, it, Jesus says he had all the finest clothes. He could go to the go to Coles or wherever he needed to go and pick out the finest clothes. He had all the money, and he could go to the newest restaurants and eat whatever he wanted, you know. Um, but then there's old Lazarus. Lazarus was poor. He, did, he didn't have a lot. Actually, they carried him around on a stretcher. As a matter of fact, uh, it said we're even told he was covered with sores, and, and also he was starving. Now the question is Jesus poses to us as we look at these two people is this, the thing to be thinking about, what was the sin of the rich man? What was the sin of the rich man? Well, of course, since we said rich man, the first thing you say is, was it his wealth? Was it his wealth? Well, not per se. Jesus says, doesn't say anything about your wealth, does he? he it, it's not about that. Um, was it his cruelty? Was the rich man, was he cruel? Uh, really, there's nothing to indicate that as well. I mean, uh, he, it says that he allowed uh, Lazarus to sit, at the, sit in front of his house. You know, if he'd been cruel, he could have called the police and say, come and get this guy out from front of my house. I don't want him out there, you know? He didn't do that. Uh, he didn't object to him eating the scraps off of his table either. He said, you know, I don't have no problem with that. Where is the problem? Where's the tension? Well, the tension is the indifference that the rich man shows towards Lazarus. See, the rich man had come accustomed, as we hear in Amos, uh, the rich man had come accustomed to doing what he wanted to do, doing what felt good to him, and then not even looking or considering, sort of turning a deaf ear, you might call it, or looking the other way when it comes to seeing what the needs 
are of this man named Lazarus. And to bring it home, Jesus says this. He said, you know what? Even the dogs, I love dogs. Even the dogs will lick the sores, come and lick Lazarus' sores. Well, you know, that's a sign of mercy. Do you know that? Because uh, a dog's uh, licking has healing powers in it. And uh, so even the dog has more mercy than this man does. You know, what's, what's going on here? And what did we hear uh, Amos say? Old Judah, old Judah, he says, woe to the complacent who lie upon the beds of ivory, drink wine from the bowls, and anoint themselves with the finest of oils, but have forgotten their brothers and sisters in the land who are suffering. Sort of sets the stage. So who is our Lazarus? You know, let's think about that. Who is ours? Well, it's the unborn. It's the elderly. It's the homeless. The addicted, the exploited, the hungry, the lonely. That's who it is. And you know, our, our Lazarus can be as far away as that, what's that little country called? Ukraine. You know, our, it can be that far away, or it can be as close as your home address. If you go inside that house and you find in that house that things, that people are not being taken care of. Uh, well, this is hard medicine. Some of these scriptures that we get to come across sometimes, I really don't like talking about them because they make me feel uncomfortable because they're challenging me. And, uh, and this is one of them, but it's good medicine. We still need the medicine, don't we? I think that's good. That's what's going to make us whole. And so, see, what this parable, or not a parable, what this story does is it causes me to look, to listen, and engage people rather than just see them, hear them, and pass them by. What story does that sound like? The Good Samaritan, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. See, Jesus was bringing these points all, all along. See, you are your brother's keeper. You are. You know, the, the, the place in the scripture where it says, am I my brother's keeper? Where was it? It's when God came to, uh, came to Cain and said, where's Abel? Where's your brother? He said, I'm not my brother's keeper, but he had already killed him. You know, you are your brother's keeper. Uh, a couple things to remember that are very important. All of us belong to the human family. That's what makes us the same. Uh, it's, it's not uh, what we wear. It's not where we live. It's not in all of those kinds of things. But you are, by virtue of whom God has created you to be, you are a part of the human family. And as such, we have a responsibility to care for that family, their, their family, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, exactly, that's exactly what they are. Another thing is that we are called to give preferential treatment to the poor. That's one thing I really like about the Catholic Church. They really focus on that, that we are called to give preferential treatment to the poor. And, and Jesus, Jesus shows that perfectly, doesn't he? What does he do? What's the greatest form of showing uh, how that Jesus gives preferential treatment to us? Well, he came from heaven to 
be born in a manger. Now don't think about this, but Christmas is three months from today. Are you ready? You got everything? The, what's significant about Christmas is that Jesus came in our form, the form of flesh, to engage with us, to look at us, to see us, and to heal us. And over and over again, what do we hear? I was sick. I was hungry. I was longing. I was naked. All these kinds of things. And you did, you did something for me. So you got to remember this. This is really important. As a Christian, you are called to live by a high standard of life. The standard that God has established. You know what that standard is? It's the standard of love. That's what you're called. It's a high calling. I mean, it, it truly is. And that's what you're called. The third and final thing is engage people while you can. Now let's fast forward. Jesus goes from what was going on on earth to they both die. By the way, if you didn't know it, you're going to die someday too. Uh, you know, and that's important to know. You need to be aware of that. Jesus was talked about that quite a bit. Why? Because you're getting ready to go into eternity. You're getting ready to meet the Lord. And what will you have to show? What are you going to have to show for your work, the works that you've done? Now, it doesn't have anything to do with our salvation. You know, salvation is through faith in Jesus. But it ain't much of a salvation if you don't live it, is it? <laughs> I'm not for sure how much salvation is there. Uh, but you'll be, you know, you're going to be judged or rewarded according to the good works or the bad works or the no works that you do. And as he says here, we can remember this as well. And he says it on numerous occasions. A lot of things that you do, he says, and this would apply to the rich man, of course. He said, a lot of things that you do in this life, they're not going to, do, they're not going to give any benefit to you in heaven. In other words, the good things, he says, that you have enjoyed, you are now, have now been paid in full. You ever got a bill where it's stamped paid in full? You know, it's a good feeling, isn't it? It's paid in full. There's, there's nothing more to it. But Jesus says, you don't want to do that on earth. You want to you invest in the riches of heaven. That's where you want your, uh, your payments to be. That's where you want to rack up those kinds of rewards and things like that. But if, you, if everything down here is for what you want, you're paid in full. There's nothing else to take with you. And what is it that we take with us when we go to stand before the Lord? You know you're going to stand before the Lord. All of us are. And we're going to give an account of everything that we've done. Jesus tells us that as well, doesn't he? What is it? What are we going to see? Well, I like the words of St. John of the Cross. I think they're extremely appropriate to insert here. When we think about standing before the Lord, and he says, what have you done for the Lazaruses in your life? Well, here's what he says. At the end of life, we will be judged by What's the standard? What do we be judged by? Love. That's, the, that's it. So let me ask you a couple of questions this morning. How do your actions towards others show your sense of solidarity with the human race? You know, when you look at others, when you look at other human beings that you might consider to be 
of, of having more needs and things? How do you look at them? How do you compare them? Good question. But here's the big question. If love were to judge your actions today, if you were to stand before the Lord today, because once you die, it's over. There's no more actions to take. Uh, if, you were to, if love were to judge your actions today, what would be the verdict? That's a good question. God bless you. I love you.